0: It is that time of year again. The days are slowly but surely getting shorter. The temperature is slowly but surely starting to cool off more and more. And before we know it, the leaves will start changing colors. That's right folks, fall is in the air. It's coming soon. And with the coming of fall is what many consider one of their most favorite holidays of the year, Halloween. And of course with halloween comes some of my favorite things of all time horror movies in this series i'm going to share with you some of the movies that i consider to be foundational to my lifelong love of horror now some of these movies are going to be older than some of you even listening to this show (laughs) that's okay just remember these are the movies that lit that spark in me to love horror welcome To my horror history,
1: welcome to Voluntary Input.
0: Thank you guys for tuning in to some of my favorite stuff, horror movies. Now, before I begin, I think it's important that I preface this with a couple of things. First of all, I just want to make sure everyone understands that this is not some sort of best of all time, top 10 list, top 100 list, whatever of all horror movies of all time. First of all, I personally don't subscribe to best of all time lists of any kind from movies to music or anything, because I think that I feel like that just puts like a limit or a cap or something on the art form saying the best of all time just it just doesn't work with me i I don't even do that anyway but anyway that's not what this series is about like i said this series is more about the movies that uh that sparked my love for horror so a lot of these movies that i'm going to be talking about in this series are going to be pretty old because you guys know uh i'm a little bit older than most of you and that's fine right (laughs) because i'm sure you probably have some movies that you can look back on and say you know what these are the movies that kind of got really got me into it so for me these are the ones that got me into it as well now also before i start it's important to remember when i saw most, if not all of these movies, they were when I were, you know, it happened when I was very young. And this was at a time when the drive-in movie was huge still. So, you know, there were theaters, there were indoor theaters, but they just weren't as popular at the time as drive-in movies. So a lot of these movies, I still have some some great memories of, you know, the family getting together. My dad saying, you know, we're going to go see this movie tonight and we'd all get ready to pile into the car and go to the the Dixie movie. <laughs> the Dixie Drive-In Theater was the big one we used to go to where I grew up. And one big thing that uh, that I have a fond memory of is, you know, being a kid and I have four siblings, uh, it was always, whose turn is it to pop the popcorn? Now this wasn't microwave popcorn. No, 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 no. This was stovetop popcorn. This was regular Colonel, Corn corns, and you had to be good at it because if you pop the pop, if you pop the popcorn and you burned it, and you're gonna lose your job next time, so you'll be taken out of the rotation. So, that was one good thing. Uh, that's one fond memory that I have of it. So, yeah, we'd get the popcorn all popped and we'd put them in those brown lunch bags, roll them all up, you know, we'd make a few bags so we could take to the to the drive-in theater we'd all pile into the car pull in pull up to that old metal box speaker that that we used to use hook on to the to the side of the window usually on the driver's side my dad would hook the speaker up on the side of the window and get ready for the movie to start now sometimes even though we brought popcorn sometimes we'd still hit the concession stand you know we get some drinks or whatever you know Um, my dad would sneak some other stuff in but you know they were adults you you take that as you will you can figure that part out but as for us kids what was fun for us is uh at the particular drive-in theater we used to go to there was a playground like right in front of the screen and that was always the funnest thing because not only could we get close to the screen on a playground We would often meet other kids. You know, there would be other kids up there hanging out too. And, you know, so it was like we just had this community connection, make new friends, and watching these movies. Man, those were great memories. And so that's why it's always exciting to me when I see that uh, there's there's still this nostalgic resurgence of drive-in theaters. As a matter of fact, we've taken our kids to the drive-in theater quite a few times and they loved it as well, you know. Same thing, we pile into the car, take some snacks, popcorn or whatever. Back up to the screen. Of course, nowadays you use technology. You just tune into a station on your radio or you can even stream it. Sometimes I've heard at some driving theaters and, uh, you know, you just hang out and enjoy the movie outdoors on a big giant screen, listening to it in some great sound. Now, that all being said, let's get into the horror. Now, like a lot of people, I often will say. The Exorcist is still one of my all-time favorite horror movies. However, it is important to realize that The Exorcist was not my first horror movie that I ever saw. See, the thing is, The Exorcist was released in 1973, which would have made me around about uh, five years old. Now, my parents, you know, they weren't animals. You know, they they love to go see these movies, too. But, you know, they realize they got kids. So I think when they went to go see it, if I remember correctly, because that was gosh, guys, that was a long, 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 long time ago. I think my parents went to go see The Exorcist before we got to see it. And uh, there was a time when I was a little, little kid, even at five years old, I can still remember being taken to my grandparents' house uh, when, when my parents would go out and do whatever parents do. And I'm sure on one of those date nights, they went out to see The Exorcist. Now, we will get back to The Exorcist. Don't get me wrong. I will talk about that movie and how it impacted my horror history. But instead... The movie that i remember as being my first horror movie is damien the omen the very first omen movie um the thing is at that time i was around about eight years old i do believe when that one was released uh let's see yes damien was the omen i'm sorry i keep calling it damien because that's his name the omen uh it it, it was released in 1976 so i was around about eight years old about that time i guess my parents figured you know eight years old is that's that's good enough uh so so that's when i got taken to go see that classic now this movie i've always felt was a you know it it just it stacked up so well in my opinion because it's one of those movies where you know, we all have our different kinds of fears. Uh, some people fear like blood and guts and cuts and things like that. And that's why we have slasher movies. Some people kind of fear like uh, the paranormal ghost, you know, ghost stories and hauntings and things like that. For me, what really, why this movie tapped in, you know, why it connected with me on such a level is because... It struck in me a fear of, uh, uh, you know, my personal beliefs in like and like faith and everything, because the thing is about the omen in the entire because there is a trilogy. There was an entire trilogy of these movies. This movie was all about the birth of the Antichrist in 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 the uh, form of a child named Damien Thorne. Now, this movie had some strange twists and turns to it so from the onset and i don't want to give too much of it away but i'll I'll, you know i'll give you a general synopsis if you're not familiar with it i think by now a lot of people are the general synopsis is his father robert thorne uh he he was he was basically a guy you know trying to move up in the ranks of some politics and uh, he became the ambassador the u.s ambassador to to england um but Starting off, he was in Rome with his wife, Catherine, and Catherine was giving birth to their child. And what happened was the child, as they were told, was born stillborn. Now, she wasn't told this. Robert was told this and he was pulled off to the side and talked to by some some priests at the hospital by a particular priest actually at the hospital and said, you know what? I got a little plan for you uh she's still kind of out of it she doesn't even have to know you could just adopt this child take this because we have another baby born into the hospital that was abandoned you can just you know do this little dirty hookup. basically is what it was and claim him as your own and robert agreed to this and uh catherine you know she didn't know any better and robert brings the baby in and that's that's their son right So they got this this kid. Robert knows the secret that technically this is not uh, the child that was born to them. This was an adoptive child. But after they get back, you know, they go back to they go back home first and then they end up, you know, they will eventually go back to England because uh, go into England because, you know, he is the ambassador. They have a birthday party. You know, because the movie goes through a few transitions where we fast forward to, to Damien's fifth birthday party. He has this nanny that uh, she ends up hanging herself one of those classic horror movie scenes. She's like, this is all for you, Damien. And she hangs herself in front of the party. And at the same time, he befriends this photographer. Um, so, so from the onset, I know a lot of people be like, well, first of all, that adoption, that's kind of. That's questionable. I know it's a movie, you know, this this movie, it does. It has some flaws. I I can admit that there are there and there are a lot of inconsistencies in it, but that's fine. But the point is, it's not whether or not this was a a logical progression of events for me. The point is, this movie at the time freaked me out and fascinated me at the same time. I'm like, wow, this is absolutely awesome. I love this. Because what happens, you know, what happens is eventually over time, Robert starts getting more signs as to, you know, who Damien really is. He's visited by a priest who tries to warn him. There's all kinds of other warning signs. The strange nanny just shows up in the house, Miss Blaylock. Uh, There's this Rottweiler who had talked, basically gave talk to. I say talk to because he gave this weird look to the nanny that hung herself, which you know, you kind of get the impression yeah, he commanded her to hang herself and then Damien looks at this Rottweiler and you kind of get the connection there and there's just these, you know, these, this series of strange events that continue to happen uh, eventually Robert Thorne, his 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 adopted father, he's visited uh, by this priest who tries to tell him, you know dude, this, this kid is not who you think he is you have to you know you got to get rid of this kid you got to do something about this and you need to go visit this guy in israel by the name of copenhagen and he's going to help you to put it into this because the fate of the world is at stake here now at the meantime in the meantime there is still this photographer this photographer hanging around Roberts. by the way his his name is uh I'm sorry, Robert, Robert Thorne. The photographer's name is Keith Jennings. Jennings, you know, he keeps taking pictures, taking pictures like a photographer. It's kind of like a paparazzi situation. I mean, come on, this guy, he's the new ambassador. And you know, there's these strange events going on around him. And every time he takes his pictures of this, this priest and he goes to develop the pictures, he he notices these strange anomalies, like these spikes that are just like coming down at this priest well eventually what happens after the priest warns robert thorne about damien this storm kicks up he tries to run back to the church and i'm not going to give it away because you just got to go watch it if you haven't seen it and then we find out why those anomalies were there and at the same time you know before this this event happens, this priest tries to warn him. He's like, you know, Catherine, she's going to get pregnant again. Damien's going to get rid of that baby. He's going to kill her. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill. He's going to take everything from you because that is his, his purpose here. He is the Antichrist. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine someone telling you this kid that, you know, you didn't really adopt him under the best circumstances. But now you got these people coming to you, especially these religious leaders coming to you saying, dude, you got to get rid of this kid. He is not who you think he is. And in fact, he's going to end the world. So, you know, Robert's like, man, get get away. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm skeptical. Get, You know, the, the skepticism is up here on 20. <laughs> like any anybody's would so as far as Robert's concerned these people are just crazy this dude is just crazy and he he doesn't want to have anything to do with it but he cannot deny the strange events that continue to happen that continue to pile up and pile up and pile up and eventually uh, the photographer Jennings he shows he shows Robert Thorne his these pictures he was like dude look at look at this can you believe? These are the pictures that I saw as I was developing them before what happened to him happened. And he's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty coincidental, cool but but then uh, you know Keith tells him, dude, one of the reasons why I want I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna try to help you, because look at this picture of me. And he finds a strange anomaly around himself. So they team up. And they start just going on this quest, basically trying to find out whatever this, this priest was trying to tell Robert. Is it true? Is it true?
1: I'm Dawn and I'm Cole and Scottish Murders is a true crime podcast dedicated to people from or living in Scotland. Just like anywhere else in the world, these murders can be truly horrific and shocking, and we want to shine more light upon them. Join us every two weeks on Scottish Murders, where we'll bring you cases both solved and unsolved, giving you an insight into the other side of Bonnie Scotland. Find us wherever you stream your podcasts, as well as on social media. Join Join us there! Bye. Bye!
0: The meantime this this uh nanny living in the ho- in the house this miss blaylock she keeps this rottweiler that was outside robert tells her to get rid of it she won't she says she did she lies blah 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 and you know he just keeps noticing all these things are piling up and in the meantime his wife catherine she's kind of like going crazy dude she's like she just can't stand being around damien she's like Dude I I, I can't stand this dude This kid is driving me nuts So she's seeing a psychiatrist And eventually Robert goes and talks to the psychiatrist You know what's up with Catherine And uh, He's like well You know she's pregnant Actually I take that back Actually Catherine told him When she was saying how much she doesn't Like to be around Damien She told him she's pregnant And she's like I don't want any more kids though you know, I, I can't even take it right now. I can't. I can't deal with Damien. I don't want to bring another kid into the situation. So Robert goes and talks to her therapist, and he's like, "You know, the, the best course of action here is an abortion." Now, of course, this this keys off a of memory for Robert that the priest had told him that she's going to get pregnant, and Damien is going to try to kill. The kid and Catherine Which would fulfill this biblical prophecy So Robert's like no We're not doing it I'm not doing that I don't want to do it So he doesn't He doesn't try to talk to her about getting an abortion He goes to leave with Jennings To go find out more about Damien And leaves Catherine alone in the home With Damien and Mrs. Blaylock The creepy nanny And the next thing you know Thanks to another classic horror movie scene involving a balcony. Catherine ends up in the hospital, loses the baby anyway. And again, these events just keep piling up and piling up and piling up. So Robert's like him and Keith Jennings, they're going to have to keep traveling around. They're going to find out what's going on. And long story short, he ends up flying back to Rome to go to the hospital where Catherine was going to have the baby originally and where he did this dirty deed adoption only to find out the hospital burned down five years earlier. Yep, the same time when his child was supposed to be born and when Damien first came into their lives. He tracks down the original priest that tried to warn him. Guy's an invalid. He His, his right eye had been plucked out because According to uh, some uh, some, Catholic, some Catholic traditional you know beliefs and whatnot, this was this was appropriate. And he eventually sketches down the, the name of this old ancient cemetery. They gotta go there to find the the grave of Damien's real mother. Him and Jennings, they get there, they find the grave, and they find another grave. Again, I don't want to give it all away. So you got to watch for yourself to find out what they found. So now Robert's really convinced we got we got to go to Jerusalem. We got to find this this guy and find out what we're supposed to be doing. Sure enough, they get there and they meet this Copenhagen guy who tells them tells Robert what he needs to do in order to to stop all this madness and to basically help save humanity from the Antichrist. Robert doesn't want to do it because as far as he's concerned, man, this is just this little boy. I've loved this little boy for for this long. You know, even even with all the crazy stuff that has happened, even with Catherine, who ended up meeting her fate out, out of a hospital window, He's still, you know, he's still, he's still like, man, this is a kid. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. So he comes outside. Jennings is bugging him. Dude, what did he say? What did he say? Let's, what do you got to do? We got to do this because this is not a human child. And Robert's like, no, I'm not doing it. And he throws the tools that were given to him to take him, take care of it. Keith Jennings, the photographer, goes to pick up the tools. And then he meets his fate as well. Now Robert is totally convinced at this point. He's got to go take care of this. He's got to go do it. Rushes back home. Gets to the house. (sighs) Goes to Damien's room. Damien's sleeping. Cuts a little patch in the back of the kid's head. Because he's got to make sure that the kid has this mark of the beast. These three sixes. Sure enough, there they are. He's got to go do it, right? Got to go take care of this scoops up young Damien, tries to take off with him. Of course, the kid's fighting. The creepy Miss Blaylock, (laughs) the nanny, wakes up, jumps on him, and this huge fight ensues. Ends up with some pretty, you know, a pretty graphic fight scene, pretty graphic death scene. And Robert's off to the church with Damien. But he makes one crucial mistake. As he's leaving the grounds, don't forget, he is the ambassador. He's, he's speeding On his way out, the security guard is like, Dude, slow down, what? So he calls the cops, and now the cops are chasing him. Robert gets to the church. Takes little Damien up to the altar and is ready to take care of this, right? Damien's like, Daddy, please don't do this. I mean, as you can imagine, man, this is a, this is a little five-year-old kid, right? man don't do this daddy don't do it he hesitates for a second cops come in Robert gets loaded up <laughs> now the thing is the thing about the omen like I said this movie you gotta remember how old I was at the time too you know, I was like 8-9 years old when I first saw this movie I skipped over a lot of things just to give you a synopsis of the storyline this movie literally freaked me out when i was a kid but not only did it freak me out it made me want more and the beautiful thing about that is at the very end we we're taken to a funeral and of course there's a, it's a military honorable funeral because remember robert is he was the ambassador and we we're taken to the gravesites of him and Catherine and they're reading the and writing, blah, blah, blah. And then right at the very end, a man walks up and says, Mr. President, we're ready. He says, give us a couple minutes. The President and the First Lady are holding Damien's hands. And Damien turns around and provides us with one of the most classic, creepy kid stares and then a creepy kid smile and then it ends with that awesome creepy gothic music like I said this movie it just after it was done I was freaked out but I, I loved it at the same time now Thankfully for me, only 2 years later they followed it up with a sequel. Damien: The Omen 2. Now, the first Omen, it actually got some pretty high accolades. Um the the Omen 2, uh not so much. The the ratings weren't there so much. I personally loved this movie. I thought it was absolutely you know it, it was right in line with what we had just seen right in the omen but for some reason some audience members i don't i don't know what they were expecting i don't know if they thought well you know there needed to be a little bit more or something but again it, it had a great cast in my opinion i mean you had uh let's see who was in this we had lee grant was there uh we had william holden And like i said i i I just thought it was a great movie it it followed in perfect progression with the with the first omen uh you know damon damien's a little older he's sent off to uh boys school and he's basically told dude you gotta understand who you really are he was even told go read your bible man you got to understand who you are, how powerful you are, and you need to take your place, your rightful place where you belong. And again, this movie was it was pretty extra creepy, too. But by that time, I kind of knew what to expect going in. You know, even I was still a little bit younger. I, You know, I was, it was only two years later, but I was like, yeah, OK, I, I get it. I know. I know what's going to happen next. And it, w- it was good. And I, I love that one, too. And then this, of course, was capped off by the final conflict uh this was uh 1981 was it it ended the trilogy uh one of the cool things about this movie was it it stars a young sam neill many of you may remember him as uh dr grant from jurassic park he was he stars as damien and at this point Damien has basically grown into his own he's 32 years old now and he's basically he's going to do the do you know he's ready to be the antichrist he was born to be he's ready to follow uh, basically what was biblically written about how the antichrist would progress into this world leader role charismatic young good looking blah 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 and a lot of people would follow him So that's it guys that's the first movie that really sparked my interest into horror was the omen like i said back then i was like eight or nine years old it was the first horror movie i ever saw and it freaked me out not only did it freak me out it absolutely fascinated me all right, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you continue to to listen to this series of my horror history. If you have any questions or comments about it, please be sure to shoot shoot me a message over at just go to voluntaryinput.com and select contact. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and if you want to share, you know, what what was your first horror movie? What's the movie that you first saw that made you go oh, my gosh, this scared the crap out of me. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, but I love it. <laughs> All right. Join me on the next episode when I will share with you the next movie that that touched, you know, it continued to 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 uh, feed my love affair with horror movies. Take care. We'll see you on the next one.
1: Never forced, never coursed. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies and gaming and everything in between. Visit voluntaryinput.com to subscribe, contact us and find out how you can support the show. Catch new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to join us every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and Saturday night at 11 p.m. GMT for Weekend Chill. Exclusively on Mixcloud.